Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is a fire starter and the co-founder of the Mock Alliance, challenging the status quo of enterprise software industry. She's also Vice President Product Marketing at Constructor.io. She brings two decades of digital industry experience in the marketing and business development and services, and has recently started her new gig. Previously, she's worked for digital experience vendors Content Stack, Bloomreach, and SDL, a mother of three very active kids based in New York, in, sorry, not New York, in Amsterdam. Welcome, Sonia Creel. Thank you so much, Kathy. How you know that? They are very active kids, right? Yeah, and just back to school. How are you? Good summer. You've recently seemed to be on like a world tour. Um, you know, of course, I'm following you everywhere, Instagram, etc. And you're in New York, you're in Amsterdam, you're all over the place. Three weeks into the new gig. How are you? Tell us, tell our audience a little bit more about you and what you do and, and, and your current gig. Yeah. So, how am I? I'm completely kind of cleansed from all that COVID nightmare that we had for two years. I took the opportunity in between gigs to really take a full month break. And then the school holidays were in that as well. And I've been, I've been to Paris, I've been to London, I've been to Copenhagen, quick stint in Hamburg and other German cities, New York, to your point, right? It feels like I had to catch up from being so stuck in this Dutch village that I live in for two years. And I did, I just got it all out of my system. So I'm energized. I'm starting something new. I love, as you know, starting something new and, um, and the kids are back to school. So, you know, I actually have me uh, back again as well. Yeah. So yeah, I started at Constructor just, um, just three weeks ago, heading up product marketing there fantastic um, product discovery company that has has amazing customers fantastic outcomes and we're now looking at how to tell that story to to more people that um, are looking to you know uplift their customer experience and and really drive revenue with that as well well constructor could not have hired a better person for that having you and i have now known each other through the industry since your sdl days which was many moons ago um, and many jaunts around the world ago uh, for both of us. And um, so good on them. Very smart hire on their part. That's kind of you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, it's true. I only speak the truth. Um, so as you know, uh, I always ask my guests some, some questions to get us going and, and, and start our day. So you've spent your career in technology. Um, what's the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? I'll give you the second because the first is very inappropriate. So the the second one I wanted to do, and you so want to know that now, I can see that. I so want to know the first one now. <laughs> okay, I will sanitize it. When I was a young a young child, I was taught by mothers where all the dads go when they're on holiday. And I figured that must be a really cool place to be. So that's where I wanted to be uh, working when I was growing up. Anyhow, um, my second actual career idea was I wanted to be a journalist because ah, okay. at young age already, I was very self-righteous and I figured it was my job to, you know, surface the wrongs of the world 
And, and that's kind of how I saw journalists at the time, you know, investigating and finding out what's wrong and telling the world about it. And I was sure that was going to be my future. Ow. That's, you know what? You would have rocked at that. You would have absolutely done an amazing, so you know what? You're looking for a second career. You should uh, perhaps delve down that route. Although journalism is such a tough gig. Yeah. Such a tough gig. Yes. And I didn't, I did actually try an internship. And oh, did you? Okay. Yes. And that, and that was, it was with the Danube television, like a tiny TV in the Bavarian forest. So maybe that was not an ideal internship, but um, that's when I figured out, no, maybe it's not for me. And in fact, I started hacking myself through the firewall so I could have some email contact. And that's how I kind of ended up in tech. I love that you hacked through the firewall. Uh, it's a good thing it was only an internship because I'm not sure they would have offered you a full-time job after that. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't, no. Um, all right, so who do you remember being your first big influencer in your life? That was most certainly Birgit Neubert, her name is. She was at the time the head of online experience at the German Automobile Club. That was when I started working there, it was 99, 98, 99. And that was remarkable at the time that a lady would run such a department. And if you ever Google it, it's ADAC is the German acronym. It's still today a, the board is white male dominated, right? It's very old school, very old fashioned. And she hired me off um, college because she was looking for people to help with running the e-commerce environment there. And I don't know what actually I should ask her, but she somehow saw something in me and sent me to a lot of classes, project management classes, programming classes, um, you know, online experience optimization as, as far as I was in 99 and really gave me a chance to grow very quickly within that organization. And I'll be forever thankful for that. It's a, it's a common theme that I'm hearing through my conversations with other amazing women like yourself in that there, there was somebody along the way, and sometimes it's a man, sometimes it's a woman, often it's another woman who, and they say exactly what you said, she saw something in me. And she probably, I, I'm inferring, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you say she saw something in me, she saw something in you that you hadn't recognized in yourself yet. Absolutely. That she, absolutely, you know, that that spark, that nudge, that you got this, you can do it. Um, so you know, and phenomenal, and and honestly, Sonia, I've seen you do that with other women in our industry. I've seen you guide and promote and encourage in all of the gigs that you've done. So clearly, the impact that this woman had on you, you've carried that forward, and I will bet that those women that you've helped we'll carry that forward. And, and that's the path we need to lay, right? For not only for our daughters, but also our sons and understanding that, uh, you know, I, and I always get these idioms wrong, but that um, high tide raises all ships. So it's not a matter of choosing to raise yourself or someone else. You raise yourself by raising other people. Yes. And it gives me the greatest joy too. When I can help others, when, and especially that to your point, seeing something in them they haven't realized yet. 
you know, be it their talents or be it something that's holding them back because they think they're not good enough. That's really a, a lot of times where I see that or they, they don't have a place to speak up when you can just lift that, that false veil that they have on how they perceive themselves and really help them to shine and really help them grow. Wow. That's amazing. That's so rewarding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you can hear it in your voice. It's such a genuine feeling, right? So is there a song that epitomizes your career path? <laughs> the, the song I hear all the time right now is actually Believer from uh, Imagine Dragons. I don't. I just saw them in concert. Oh, you did? <laughs> I still did. I did. They were amazing. Right. Aren't they though? And, um, that speaks to me a lot, this learning from constant pain and, um, you know, change being everywhere and, and dealing with it. Um, I love that. And still believing, still being excited. There's a line that says, I'm turning zebras into unicorns or something like that. And I love that too, especially in the tech background, you know. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're always looking for that unicorn. Right. right? Uh, yeah. Believer. Yeah, that um, if you get a chance to see them, please go. Uh, their their music is phenomenal, but the message that they bring forward, the um, very forward about depression and support and counseling and the challenges that he's gone through as a Mormon um, and you know living the life that he does and believing in equality and equity where. The Church of Latter-day Saints does not, um, not to go down a religious rabbit hole here, but um, phenomenal and, and, and a great show. Um, just, I've seen them a couple of times. So, okay. So I've done my plug for Imagine Dragons. Hopefully they'll hear this yes. and send me free stuff, but um, all right. And what would the street name for your career be if it was an actual road? I find that a really hard question. I saw that on your question list before. And to me, Kathy, it feels like I've had so many different roads kind of that I took that got me here I'm not even sure if I got anywhere or if it's just sort of you know I'm all taking this detour here and that detour there and the other detour I there is no theme there's no constant theme that I personally see other than starting something up right and and trying something new and questioning what we believe is true um that doesn't make good street names though does it well you know what um you don't give yourself enough credit uh first of all so going back to you know believing in ourselves because uh as i mentioned in the intro you are a fire starter you are someone who starts conversations who is not afraid to ask the dirty questions and i don't mean dirty as an x-rated i mean dirty as in like let's roll up our sleeves and and really dig in you know something that you know, uh, Danielle Diliberti, who I, you know, will be having on the podcast as well. She's a big believer in trying it out, doing it yourself, not asking somebody to do something you can't do or don't understand. Um, and I think you lead that. I think you are, like you said, you know what, you encourage people to try something new. You, you're not afraid to take on challenges and you're not afraid to tackle difficult conversations. You know, one of the things I, I go back to the days where we were on maybe opposite sides of the table with clients and, and, you know, I would ask questions and I'm, I'm known from an analyst perspective, not to ask the easy questions, to dig in a little bit where some people maybe avoid otherwise. 
and you you stepped right up and answered those questions. So, you know, Firestarter, I think, is is the absolute re- Firestarter and Firecracker, too. Firecracker. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. This is lovely. This is so humbling listening to you. Thank you very much. So we'll, uh, it's true. let's hone it's in on true. Firestarter. Did you say lane earlier? Is it avenue? I, don't, I like avenues better. Sure. Can we do an avenue? Left. Avenue? Yeah, I like trees. Sure. Absolutely. Nice. That works for me. I like that because they're long, right? right? Avenues are long. And you have this, I have this, this view of just, you know, just this long journey that you're going to continue to have. <laughs> okay. So we talked a little bit about, I gave an intro, you know, the companies that you've worked for. You talked a little bit about, you know, how you spent your summer and starting off in this new gig. But what's your career journey been like? So since that first gig um, where you really dug into, you, you hacked your way out of the TV station, um, you took all of those, those courses um, with the ADAC, what's it been like? How have you gone from, again, being in a male-dominated technology world to really, I mean, you're leading you, you, the companies you've worked with. And I love the fact that you've been leaning into the smaller sort of more startup framework. I mean, content stack, I wouldn't call a, a startup when you, when you joined, but they still had that mentality, right? Like Neha has, is got that go, go, go kind of thought and, you know, Construct.io is, is relatively new. So what's it been like? Interesting. Actually, when I when I joined Constructor, I was number seventy four, so they were quite small back then as well. Um, so I started I started at ADAC in that online department, and then I was in charge of running projects to improve the the customer experience. Right there, had the pleasure of witnessing this fantastic female leader, Birgit, telling in ninety nine the board that they would need to prepare for in probably a decade all their physical locations not being the primary driver anymore for revenue and memberships but probably that was going to be online and remember them all choking on on that um she was true faster than she said so that visionary view on you know the idea of what what is possible I think um, that dreaming, I, I learned from her very early on. I went from there, I went into my first vendor gig with um, Tridian back then, which was later acquired by SDL. And in there, I had the, the fortune to really experience a number of different sides of the vendor world. So I started as a technical consultant because I was actually programming back then, you know, um, Pearl and ASP.net and wow. I know it's not terrible. Um, I can really scare engineers still to this date by dropping some like semi-educated questions from back then, and they're like, "Oh my god, she knows, her, she knows her stuff," and but I don't anymore. I couldn't code yeah. to save my life anymore. But anyway, um, and then I went from there from the technical consulting more into the business consulting again, because I got a little frustrated with just implementing, implementing and seeing decision makers make, you know, suboptimal decisions basically because nobody else told them there might be a different way to look at this and an easier path. Um, And they were so stuck in cookie cutter. So went into the business consulting or solution consulting, I guess, side of things in the vendor services group. Mm-hmm. From then that into pre-sales, had a fantastic time building up the, the Asia Pacific 
um, arm in Japan and, you know, building that market out for SDL at the time and then into product marketing because, you know, the product marketing leaders kind of, again, saw, hey, she's doing something different in the way she approaches partners and the way she approaches um, sales and prospects and um, asked me to rep help replicate that across the org. Moved to Amsterdam, switched to Hippo, similar story, small startup, very tech focused, helped with the message, got acquired by Bloomreach, and again, grew very, very quickly from there to content stack again, startup, building the practices, building the go-to-market, grew very quickly. And then, of course, the Mark Alliance as my, my personal um, love child in that um, that you mentioned before. And now with Constructor, hoping to kind of you know, just spark something again in the growth of Constructor. Talk a little bit more about, because I'm just, the Mock Alliance has, you know, what an incredible facility for our industry. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that you were, a, you know, you were part of the foundation, still are. I mean, I know you're, you're transitioning, must be hard to be passed off, to pass the baby <laughs> off to somebody else yes, it is. Um, and focus on new challenges and new opportunities. But what was that like? How did, how, tell me more about how that came to fruition. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great example for, wondering what life would be like if things were easier right so essentially when i started um at content stack and that was the first company that really followed this composable idea you know um i noticed that we had a very hard time explaining to prospects why the market even not even prospects take it one level higher why going in a composable way is the future? You know, why does it make sense to have something that you buy and plug together in, you know, decoupled front end to go into every channel? Because we were faced with the alternative of the big monolithic suites. And in, at that time, at a content management system or now at Constructor as a product discovery search and merchandising tool, you're having a fragment of the conversation by the time you're in a sales cycle than the entire monolith can have. So each and every of that fragment of that, you know, kaleidoscope really, was having separately a conversation against one big voice. And it was just a lot of little tiny voices saying, this is not the right way. And one big voice saying, but you can trust us. You've never gotten fired for buying us. We're the big guys, right? So that was impossible. It was just impossible to cut through that. And it came from the genuine and still to this day, <laughs> believe that this is the future of technology. You've got to go composable because otherwise, if you are at a certain stage, if you are in a certain enterprise level, you will not be able to retain the agility and flexibility you need as a business in your digital business, right? So um, we said in a pub in London, as the founding story goes, we had a napkin, I kid you not. Um, and I said, why don't we just do this together, guys? It was a few vendors, it was an agency. I'm like, why don't we just all tell the story together? And nobody's going to believe us in a sales pitch. And, but this is true. We know it's from like, yeah, we know it's true too. But still, nobody's going to believe their sales rep. Why would they? Commission breath, right? Yeah. So let's make let's make this 
let's make this a, a thought leadership group. And then we spend a good half year thinking about how can we do that so it's authentic and we implemented rules. Like this is a separate organization. It is founded. It's a yeah. nonprofit. There will be no lead flow because my fear was it would become a marketing campaign, you know, and it lives for two, three weeks, but it needed to be able to be governed independently and stand on its own feet. We spoke to a lot of, you know, other vendors, competition, that was scary, direct competition, mm -hmm. and brought them together. And I would have never believed two years ago <laughs> that would be more than 50 members today, you know, with huge companies, mm -hmm. Kathy. So, yeah. yeah, but it comes from the genuine wish to help buyers understand a better way and not make the mistakes that so many of them, you know, their peers have made before, because there is a better way. It's just wasn't known, wasn't known then. That's gotta be, you know, my next question is, you know, was there a defining moment, something significantly that impacted the trajectory of your career that led you to this? Because I mean, the mock Alliance isn't that old. So I have to believe that there was something earlier on where you saw the vision where you thought, there's a better, you know, there's a better mousetrap to be built here. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a similar notion with the open source community before. I also think the open source community could have benefited from coming together a little more than just the Apache Software Foundation and explain, yeah. explain there the benefits of open source to a business audience. Um, I pitched an idea like that to... Uh, one of my former CMOs and he literally turned around to me and said, you can't do this. You're a mom. Like, why don't you go and focus on your family and, you know, we'll look at, um, we'll look at how we handle the go-to-market, but this is insane. So sorry. And, and that actually made me you quit right there and then <laughs> well i quit like three weeks later um but um <laughs> i did have another conversation in between but but I, and i and i and just in all fairness to that organization the c level was appalled by that so you know that was not that was not yeah. a common thread it was an individual not that was an individual and yeah. not a reflection on the org but that made me more resolved to prove that idea of oh a mom that's kind of also working can't do that and push through the hard phases in this founding because you know there were moments when I was on the phone with Kelly Gurch going Kelly I don't think we can do this and there were moments when Kelly would call me and go well, I don't think we can do this everyone's gonna hate us right we got yelled at by people who didn't agree in the process we had analysts telling us we we're on crack like you know nobody needs this right now and and i think part of the resolve came from proving not to this guy because like you know couldn't care less what someone like that thinks but proving to other women we can do this if we want to it doesn't matter what your personal situation is like if you have a great idea if you are convinced and if you have the dedication you can pull this off i love that that um and i you know the the fact that you we're proving it to yourselves that this was about self-realization that there's no, you know, you, who has the right to tell anybody what they can or cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been an important learning in my life 
not just in my career, to set the boundaries, and I'm still working on that, to take comments like that in the context of who they come from and then decide if I give a fuck or not, essentially, right? And in that case, I didn't. I was like, yeah, this is just not where I want to work. Thank you very much. Goodbye. But um, if it's people that are closer to you, it's sometimes harder to keep that boundary of not being bothered, not being hurt by it. Absolutely. And, and sometimes surprising the feedback you get from people that you know, and you're like, really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're only three weeks into this new gig through, I mean, you've been, you've been through a lot of change over the last few years, Content Stack, Mock Alliance, now with Construct.io. You're somebody who's constantly growing and evolving. Have you seen, are you facing the same kind of challenges? Are you making the same kinds of compromises? whether it's work, whether it's as a mom, I mean, you got three kids, they're back at school now, but I mean, I always, I commend people who outnumber themselves with children. <laughs> um, so like, I didn't have that kind of, that, that kind of um, strength of character I stopped at too. What's it like? What, what are you seeing now versus before maybe as, in terms of challenges and compromises in your day to day? Yeah, I think there's two things. The, the first one is that boundary thing. So I have a charter. I have my own Sonia's life principles and I stick to them better. I, I, you know, if there is dinner time, it's dinner time. I do not work. My children have a right to see their mother at that point in time. And I have a right to be with my children. I think that is something that I've learned over the years, um, that it is my own responsibility to enforce boundaries and that also goes into what is my function and my mandate, what are my goals and my responsibilities within an organization, and what do I need to be successful and ask for that and not try to fix everything yourself when you full well know from the experience that you need to have a certain amount of resources, be that people, be that budget, um, to achieve the, the goals that you need to. I think that is something that I've gotten stricter and stricter on and mm -hmm. that I was a little worried about in the beginning because I thought, oh, maybe they think I'm not excited or I'm a naysayer. But I've learned over the last really two, three roles that it's appreciated by leaders when you say, look, this is what we can do. I can sign up for this. If you want to also have that, something needs to give, right? I need to say no to something else that you said is important, really prioritizing and really working through what is going to lead to the best business outcome and not what's just the latest, greatest idea that some C-level had and jumping on, yeah. on every train. And, and I'm sort of a, um, like a catalyst for people having to sit down because I ask why a lot, you know, and, and, and question assumptions. And that helps people also to really think through, is that actually the right time? Is it the right, the right moment and the right program to start? Um, and yeah, I can only see myself getting stricter on that. Boundaries are, are critical and um, it's a lesson that is often difficult, uh, difficult to learn and even harder to put into place. Um, and we, particularly women, bend a lot to that. So I can, for years, I remember, you know, I get home, pick up time was sacred. I'd come home, you know, four, four thirty, And from that time until eight or eight 30, when the kids went to bed, I'm sorry, I'm not responding to email. I'm not online. I'm not taking meetings. And it took me a long time to be forthright with that. Um, and to be able to actually say, listen, 
those are mom hours. So unless the building is literally burning down and you need me to put it out, we'll connect at nine or we can connect before four. Or then I'm, you know, I get up early in the morning, happy to do that. But yeah, it's the boundaries and, and being honest about it. I think that's, that's one of the things that often we don't do as well, right? We'll say, oh, I'm busy or I can't. It's like, no, full stop. Listen, family that's time. Just, that's, that's mom time. Yeah. Well, and you know, both you and I have the fortune that neither of our jobs literally save lives. I mean, what could, yes. what could possibly be so important that it couldn't wait two, three hours? I don't mind when they're in yeah. bed, nine, you know, 930, I'll check and, you know, is there an emergency? Is there such is there such a thing that couldn't wait for a little while? Well, as a content ex- a content emergency? No, no. <laughs> right? Not that we do. Not that we impact. I mean, no. as a PR a, a agency former, or yes, different. former communications PR, totally different. As content and experience experts, mm, I'm going to say no. Your passion is palpable. You love what you do. You're invested. Clearly, the companies you work for and your clients feel it, see it, and benefit from it. If you weren't in this space, if you weren't focused on content and customer experience and technology, what do you think you would be? A dream of mine as a child was always to have to run an orphanage in an underdeveloped country, actually. And I see your facial reactions and the people listening can. Like, I've never told you that, have I? No. No. Yeah, that has always been something my my mom was adopted my mom was in the orphanage for a long time after the war and it's always been something where i thought wow that is important that's actually really really important and i'd love to get involved more into that and i and actually i i I have that life path that when i have the financial independence that's something where i can see myself really really um fulfilling myself again to to help with that aspect yeah Orphans, I find, is something we should all care more about. I can't believe that you and I, that this has never come up because I literally, before we got on this call, I was speaking with someone and they were, we were talking about paths forward. And, you know, I have, I have a very clear vision of what I'm going to do next. Precisely to your point, we are not solving world hunger. We are not changing lives. We may be making people's lives a little easier, better, more successful, but in the bottom line, we are not, you know, making a huge difference. And I said, I have a very clear idea of what I want to do next, which is to give back. And it has to do with children and somewhere where they don't have the support and the whatever. So you and I need to keep this conversation going. We do. Because you and I together. That would be amazing. Forced to be left here. I do need to. It would be so great. I do need to tell you though, in that, that this is, needs to be like, um, five years plus out because my oldest daughter when she overheard me say something like that to a friend was very clear that I need to first make sure I buy all of the presents for her before I start taking care of other people's (laughs) children (laughs) and for the audience she was like six at the time she's seven now so just to put that in context like selfishness is part of that age um yeah well, you know you are raising you, right? You know your daughter, your elder, is is you as far as strength and saying what she wants, articulating what she needs. I've only met her once, but I recognized right there and then I'm like, oh, you have your hands full with that one, Sonia. Yes. 
100%. That Mira is um, confronting. A, yeah, yeah. You're a fire starter. She's a spitfire. <laughs> Just amazing. I, I've already taken up a lot of your time. I know you're super busy. You've given us so much advice already and, and food for thought and, and whatnot for our listeners, maybe particularly the women in our audience. What would be your best piece of advice? If you could only give one, what would you say um, for a takeaway? Be kinder to yourself. Um, make sure that you stand up for what you deserve and that you set the boundaries you need. Um, don't, don't try to be everything to everybody. Give yourself that kindness, you know, um, and make sure you, you, you see what you can do and you're proud of what you can do and achieve and carry that forward. Um, help other women. Please help other women too. Um, I think the, the most terrible thing in our industry is when I find women in technology that still cut other women in technology down. Don't be that. Like lift everybody up around yeah. you. We gotta, we gotta do this together and have each other's backs. Absolutely. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad we've had an opportunity to catch up. Um, obviously, our audience is going to know that we have a long history, <laughs> just the way we interact. But this has been brilliant. I can't wait to be face to face and be able to, to raise a glass. Where are you next? Where can people find you? Are you writing? Are you speaking? Yes, yeah, so I'll be at the Women in Mock Awards at um, the end of September in Madrid. Um, that'd be fantastic to meet up there and I'll be around the shop talks and NRFs and, you know, the large digital um, experience conferences as well. You can be certain to see me at any Mark conference um, that is in the area and just find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. Don't find me on Instagram because that's just children's photos. And, um, <laughs> And I'd love to connect. Thank you so much, Sonia, for our conversation. Um, and to my audience, thanks always for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Sonia and how carving out your path and really standing up for yourself can lead you on an amazing journey. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Danielle Diliberti, uh, CEO of Sumsation, and hear about why she believes rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty is the best way to lead and learn. As always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Hey, you